Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Best Seller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. We're here with Brandon Steiner. He's the author of Living on Purpose, stories about faith, fortune, and fitness that can lead you to an extraordinary life. It's wonderful to have you with us, Brandon. Thank you, Taryn. Great to be here. And for all of our sports fans out there, this is an exciting moment. I mean, if you know anything about the world of sports, Steiner is synonymous with success in the sports world. So thanks for being here. Well, thank you. I mean, this book is a little more about significance than success, and it definitely slides a little bit away from the typical sports stuff that I've written about in my other books. True. We're going to get into that you know, right off the top. You say this book is about faith, fortune, and fitness, but not in the way you might think. What did you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, you grow you grow up, you hope you can have a little success. But unfortunately, there's so much focus on the financial success, the right. money grab, I call it in the book. And, you know, faith, fortune, and fitness sometimes usually takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. And this book is really about how you could do more good. Most people want to do well. Right. And then they'll do good. Okay. When, just, let me just finish this month out, then I'll get to the gym, or I'll lose weight, or yeah. I'll have a catch with my kid, or I'll donate that money to charity after I obtain a little more wealth. But I think the goal really in this book is to show that, you know, when you do good, it'll lead you to doing well. It's a byproduct of it. And those other pillars, not, you don't need work-life balance because that's BS. Okay. Nobody, is it? I mean, well, if you see somebody with work-life balance, somebody usually wants to shoot themselves out of boredom. <laughs> right. right. I mean, but you have Perhaps. to have life. You have to have respect for life balance. Okay. You got to respect the other pillars. And it's something that I didn't do. And in this book, I, I, I talk about some of the disrespect that I have for some of the other pillars and how I gained that respect back and how I found it. Right. And where I went to go get the help. It's a fascinating read because uh, it's just so unique. And so many quotes. Um, <laughs> I wish we had time to, to mention every quote. But you say you need the right purpose so you end up where you want to be and not way off course, which is where you found yourself in the year 2002. So let's talk about that year. You know, Where did you find yourself? What course were you on? And, and where did you realize you needed to be? Well, I was, you know, I grew up a very poor kid in Brooklyn. I um, mean, literally, you know, welfare, not a whole lot. Um, and things were tough. And here I am standing in front of uh, this company that, that's, that bought my company with the biggest check I ever thought. Never had to work another day the rest of my life. Just tell everybody what company is, uh, well, is that, just in case people are. Well, we, we sold our company, Omnicom, and, you know, my wife and I are mass and Avenue high-fiving because, you yeah. know, it was a moment of high-level success. And I realized I'd gotten up to the top of the ladder. But, but when I, by the time I got home, I realized that ladder was on very wobbly ground. And it was leaning on the wrong wall. You mentioned something maybe like that. Maybe leaning on the wrong wall, yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. may, may be a little slow to climb the ladder because you want to make sure that the ladder you're climbing is against the right building. Right. And you want to make sure it's on solid ground. Okay. And I felt financially, you know, just booming. But then, you know, emotionally, physically, my health, spiritually, and my connection to my family, I felt bankrupt. 
Interesting. And uh, this is a, a book that talks about how I found that road to go get those other pillars. As strong as I was financially, I wanted to be just as strong with my wife, with my kids, with my health. Mm -hmm. And uh, I certainly wasn't at that point. I think there's a lot of people that are more, you know, you, you think about it, you spent all this time. Taryn, you spent all this time when you're younger learning how to be a doctor, a lawyer, and then you get mentors. You read books how to do it. But you don't read a book how to become a better wife or husband, how to be a better daughter or son, how to be a better friend. I don't know if anyone's be, cracked the code on that. Yeah, but. I mean, but you know, you got to first start off by putting the time in to at least want to learn and want to be as curious right. and care about those pillars as much as you care about making the money grab. True. About as much as we care as Americans, our education and getting ahead and just climbing that, that Yeah, if you're ladder. 30, you've put in 90% of your time and had to go get ahead in business, get the promotion, make more money. Right. Maybe you spend 5 or 10% on your health. Mm -hmm. fitness, family, faith. Right. And that's crazy. But, but that's but, crazy. With all due respect, Brandon, I mean, you grow up, you know, you, you learn this idea that, you know, you want to provide one day, uh, for yourself or a family, what have you. So you can understand kind of the impetus to succeed in a professional capacity. I understand, but it's insane because I would say to anyone, it's like, you don't think you'd be more productive at work if you were sleeping better, eating right, exercising often, you'd even true. be even more successful at work. Of course you would. True, true. And if you had more faith, I mean, faith is such a underlying common denominator behind, behind success. If yeah. you're faithful and you have a strong spiritual connection, that's what gives you the strength when things get off track. Right. So imagine you don't even have that to go fight that fight every day. You need right. to go fight to win a business. I do want that's, to mention. That's the book, like really at the end. In a, in a How do you do good which have the faith and have the purpose that will enable you to do well? Right. Um, I do want to mention, so Steiner Sports, it, it's a sports memorabilia company that you sold? Was that yeah. the... I mean, uh, Steiner Sports was, you know, the first kind of company of its kind, one yeah. of the biggest still in the, in the world. We are market athletes mm -hmm. for companies to help them grow their business. And then we also sell licensed collectibles of all different players from Muhammad Ali, uh, Derek Jeter, Mariana Rivera, Eli Manning. I mean, this, right. you know. And so you kind of you kind of happened upon it, right? It was you were on a train I mean, and it kind of just, there was a light bulb moment. Well, I, I don't think anything great in my life has happened without a purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, and sometimes it's okay to have the money grab as a purpose. Right. It's okay to say, you know, some, I, I just need to make a hell of a lot of money. Right. So for me, I'm on this train. My mom had just died and I was really bummed. And all I want to do is get off this damn train. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you have a purpose, like saying, I'm going to basically, I need to make some money to go buy a car. So I'm looking down, I see on the newspaper a picture of Mark Messier holding a Stanley Cup. Right. I'm like, wow, I bet you I could sell. Now, I remember, I didn't have a collectible company at this point, 1994. Right. I'm just on the Metro North, going into New York City from Scarsdale on a stupid, crowded train. This guy's got his shoes off. Another one's eating some disgusting food. I'm like, I got to get off this train. Right. And I say, I could sell 17,000 of those photos if I could track Mark Messier down and have him sign it. We did it. We won the Stanley Cup, Mark Messier. Yeah. And I just took me about four months. I tracked Mark down. He was my first guy that I signed to start Steiner Collectibles. Wow. So people always say, Brian, that's genius. How'd you start Steiner Collectibles? I'm like, you know something? I wasn't that smart. I was just, I had a purpose. And I want to get off the damn train. Yeah. And I got off that damn train. And uh, shortly, about six months later, I bought my first brand new car. And I was driving to and from work on my terms. Not in the train anymore. Not in the train anymore. So, you know, you talk, we talk about these pillars. And what you were saying is you, know, you, were, you, you had all this money, but you were emotionally bankrupt. Looking back at your story, do you think you would have had the foresight to realize how important all these other things were? Family, fitness, faith. If you didn't have 
the fortune? I mean, you had the so you were lucky enough to have you know be able to provide financially, and then you could focus on other things. But there are people that might say, "Yeah, sure, Brandon, you were able to focus on all these others because you had money in the bank. You you could spend money on your health and your fitness." I mean, is is fortune a prerequisite for all these other pillars? It's absolutely not. I wish that somebody would have explained it to me uh, the way I try to explain it in this book. Because not only for people that are in their late forties that are feeling the way I was feeling, mm-hmm. where they've accomplished a lot, but then the other pillars are bankrupt. But how you prepare, I always say, you know, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Mm-hmm. Plan for the health, plan for the life you want, not the job and the life you have now. Uh-huh. And I think I wish I would have planned a little bit better on my health. I mean, I just disregarded it. I disrespected it. Yeah. So I, I, didn't, I don't feel I needed that. And by the way, as we're talking about the F words, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Disappointment is a big thing I talk about in the book is one of the biggest holdbacks. I always say, like, we're all Superman. Superwoman. Superwoman, <laughs> of course, but there's kryptonite. Right. And kryptonite is disappointment. And disappointment comes from what your mind feels, your forecast. I see on Wall Street, they forecast a billion dollar profit for this quarter, and they come up with 800 million, and it's disappointment on the street, and the stock right. goes down. I'm like, they made 800 million dollars! And, and, and I say to myself, when you think about it, where your head goes when you have disappointment, which is what you thought the world should have provided, and then is what the world actually did provide. That right. gap is disappointment. Right. And the problem is when you let disappointments linger inside you, some guy broke up with you. Oh my God, that was 20 years ago. But every time you have another, you still think that maybe it's gonna happen yeah, again. It sticks with you, yeah. Some boss fired you. Now all bosses are bad. And you gotta resolve those disappointments. I always say you gotta trade your expectations in for appreciations. You've gotta resolve everything that's happened, particularly the bad stuff, is where you've grown the most, learned the most. Mm-hmm. And if you can get re- resolution to that, find forgiveness, in some cases, maybe even mercy. You know, a person that doesn't deserve your forgiveness, but it's going to get it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you can get the road clear to real, true, extraordinary life. And it, you do it in, in it, you don't realize the disappointments that linger around inside, inside you that will hold you back. It's kryptonite. And a big part of having purpose and being able to find the biggest purpose, whether yeah. it's in any of the pillars, is by resolving those disappointments. It sets your mind free for the big dream. Uh, the big opportunity in, in, in any aspect, whether you want to have the big dream with your family, whether you want the big dream for the money grab. I'm good with the money grab. It's just that don't disrespect the other pillars. And if you don't have a road that's clear, it's tough to get there. C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now you talk about, uh, I mean, so you, you talked a little bit about faith. You talk about faith versus fear and that, that distinction there. And what I found, found interesting is you read faith, you think it's a, something to do with God or a spiritual, uh, you know, a spiritual um, sort of context. But as I was reading the book, you know, it's not just about God. It's maybe faith in yourself, faith in a cause, faith in a purpose. So I, I like that. You know, it's like we just kind of, car- you know, categorize faith, but you delve a little deeper. Well, you can't have faith and fear at the same time, so mm-hmm. you got to choose one. And to be honest with you, I had no faith. I mean, I didn't really I didn't even understand what faith was. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's just horrible. That's in, that's 
terrible that to not have real faith. And you know, when you have a childhood where you, your dad leaves at four, he dies when he's 11, and you know, you're at food banks getting food, or you know, it's rough. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you, you have a tendency to think, well, something bad's gonna just around the corner, it's gonna happen, right. or whatever your story is, you know, that was what my story was. So I think, you know, understanding faith and, and spending some time finding faith can be a tremendous uh, strength as you get into the dogfight, as you get into these battles, whether it be for your health, to have a better marriage, you, know, you need to have faith. And I just talk about how I found it. And, and I found it with a couple of athletes that I work with mm-hmm. and uh, just talking it through and, and you know, finding a, a spiritual connection that I can rely on when things get a little bit tough. Right. Well, it's interesting though about your stories. You know, a lot of people will just be happy with, well, you know, you hit the jackpot, you're financially secure, you have it made, life is great. But, you know, what was the moment for you where you realize, all right, I have all this money, but, you know, we mentioned earlier, but I'm emotionally bankrupt. You were bankrupt in so many other facets of your life. I mean, what made you even have that insight to realize that, you know, you were empty in those situations and you needed to make a change? I mean, why? A lot of people would say, it sounds like a lot of work. Why don't you just move to an island and drink pina coladas? I hear it every day, and I've heard it every day since I'm 40 when, when I had this great opportunity. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. You, what you're saying is what a lot of people think. They think that they'll work really hard so they could be do nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just, I don't see that for me. You weren't happy with all I, this I wasn't, money. not at all. I'm yeah. more importantly not satisfied. And also, I didn't want just success. I wanted significance. And I mean, I think the most important thing is the joy you that I started to realize what you get from helping others. And it's not just because I had the big money grab and I had a bunch of money in the bank. I've always enjoyed helping others and doing a lot of charity work, but I found even more joy, uh, far greater than, than signing with the New York Yankees and signing with all these different players of just helping someone, especially, you know, who would you help if you knew that person wouldn't be able to help you back? Right. And the joy that I was able to receive from really just trying to do good. And I, I, I made a commitment saying, listen, I'm going to spend a part of my day if I'm going to keep working to helping others unconditionally, just trying to find some good I could do. And I just was overwhelmed with how much joy I, f- I found from that, of helping others. My wife was always like, you got to find a hobby. I'm like, yeah. my hobby is helping people. That's great. And uh, the joy I got from, you know, from that and then finding my faith, you know, having a, a renewed uh, was it was amazing because it moved me away from fear. You know, no matter how much money you have, you're afraid, afraid you're going to die. You're afraid you're going to get sick, afraid you're going to go broke <laughs> because I made all this money. But, you know, any moment I can go broke again. So right. I had that fear. Um, you know, when you grow up as poor as I did, no matter how much money you have, I still open up that refrigerator. I'm like, wow, thank Oh, God, there's food in this refrigerator. Thank God. So, you know, I, I found a lot. And, you know, a, a chapter in this book that I'm real proud of, it got whacked in my first two books, oh, yeah. was uh, about parenting. Okay. Because I, I see so many successful people. But how successful are you when your kids aren't great and your kids aren't successful? So I went on this tear. And one of the reasons why the pod and my blog have 450,000 people that read my blog. Amazing. And I'm half illiterate. I, I mean, so I always feel like anything's doable. <laughs> but, like, I went on this mad tear to go interview as many people as I could about parenting. Right. I always wanted to have my distinct style about it. But I knew I was like, Brandon, you're not that good a parent. You could be better. Okay. And, um... I got great tips and I shared it in this chapter and some of them were vulnerable about how maybe I really didn't do as good a job as I thought I was doing as a parent. You know, I learned to be a better parent and also same things as being a spouse. Like, you know, you think just because you make a lot of money, right, you're they automatically, yes. who's a better husband than me? Like, and you know, you get home, it's like, 
foreplay starts when you unload the dishwasher, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, like you're just a third class citizen yeah. like everyone else, like clean up that dog mm -hmm. poop over there or change the diapers or whatever. And you lose sight of that, especially when you have a lot of success right. at, in the workplace. Yeah. And I talk about that transformation about losing, you know, getting away from that, you know, getting yourself back grounded again so you can yeah. get back with your family on normal terms. I, I mean, I, I, did, I love that because you, you laid it out, um, you know, so clearly in that a lot of people feel that way. Spouses, what, whether you're, you know, husband or a woman or a, a wife is the breadwinner, sort of, I'm, you know, I have a roof over their heads. I provide, you know, I'll, I'm giving them a great life. But that doesn't equate to being a great father or husband or a wife yeah. and you make so, that distinction. People think financial yeah. you get security so driven. is everything. You get right. so driven about the financial security. Right. You don't realize that every dinner, everywhere you are, all you're doing is talking about yeah. that business and the financial security you have. And you, you, you your, your family gets tired of it. Yeah. It was hard for me to hear it because I was so in love with the fact of what I was able to accomplish. Yeah. But, you know, your family gets tired of hearing about Steiner right. and about the sports stuff. They want to talk about it. They want to talk about mm -hmm. what the family wants to talk about. And you need to be present to listen. And there's a transformation of that that goes along with that that basically says, hey, money's good. Money's important. It's not everything. Not everything, right. Um, I mean, so is that why you put this in print? Is that why you, you didn't have to write this book? Like you said, you have plenty of money. I see so <laughs> but, I many. Mean, so I, 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 I just see so many of my friends in their 40s that just are not prepared for what the, is about to happen. Okay. I think we're all living a lot longer, but they're not prepared physically. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not changing their diets. They don't recognize the sleep. They're working till 11:15 and then going to sleep and wondering why their memory's starting to go, or why they're not on top of the game. I mean, you have to adjust. And I look at it like a basketball and football game. It's like if you're at halftime when you're in your 40s, you need to go in the locker room, look at what's working, look at what's not working, and make adjustments, and sometimes serious adjustments to your diet, to how much you're working, where you're working, who you're working with. And I did it. I'm proud that I did. I was like, I'm proud that I would say survival of the fittest. No, survival of the flexible. Can you change and alter your you situation adapt. Mm -hmm. and adapt? And it's, it's sad that I see so many of my friends that have done well can't adapt. Hmm. They can't make that adjustment uh, at home or they can't make that adjustment at work so they can be vibrant and effective. And that's the purpose of the book. How do you go kick butt for the next 40 years when you turn 40? How do you go have another great 40 years? So is this for someone in midlife or is this for all ages? I think this is really important for somebody in their, even in their 30s to read because you can prepare for what you're about to get into. Mm -hmm. It doesn't catch you by surprise like you did for me. Right. But certainly if you're in your 40s, and you're feeling a little stuck and you're kind of feeling a little bored and you're not really sure how to reset, this book really puts a lot of stuff in play. And it's not a how-to, it's, it's what I did. So you can kind of see somebody like myself who is completely transparent from a therapist to problems at home, problems with my kids, problems at work. I, I elaborate on the failures as much as I do on the success in the book right. because I wanted people to know it's real. And I think that we're all going through a lot of the same stuff. Sure, yeah. Would you say it's a self-help book or not really? I'd say it's a real help book. It's, it's, a, it's a book that, you know, it's about getting up even if you've messed up. It's like, you can still get up. It's not too late. The paint's not dry. Take your hand off the control, then it delete. So you're in your forties. Mm -hmm. You got plenty of run left in you. Exactly. And, and that's why I feel like, yeah, I've made some money, but I got plenty of run left in me. I feel like I can still get, accomplish a lot, do a lot. And why can't I dream like a 20 year old? Why, why do we get dreaming characterized as a young person's sport? Completely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've, I, 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 
really preach a lot about that, about how I started regaining my dreaming. No again. age limit. No age limit. And also, you know, moving to my discomfort zone is not always easy as you get older. Like I'm stuck in my ways. Why? Why? It's kind of exciting. It's new. It's fresh. Yeah. You know? So I, this is a, this book was as therapeutic for me as, as I hope for other people. Um, I tell some really good sports stories in there too about some athletes that you would think on the highest level of the mountain that are going through the same stuff that we're going through. Right. We're all human. And uh, so it makes the book kind of real. I, I like the think this book is if you're somebody that wants to reset wants to go further a lot of people hit greatness mm -hmm. i'm like that's great but can you be extraordinary right can you go to extraordinary was that special success success for significance yeah. it's an extraordinary book and i just i love the fact that you're not pushing an agenda you know you're not selling anything you're talking about a guy like yourself who's you reached the pinnacle of success but you, there's still more to work on, you know? I mean, like every, everything you just said, uh, I couldn't have put it better myself. And I just want to say congratulations because the book is different. Now, I've read a lot of books on the show, but it, it moves so quickly. And like you said, no matter, you mentioned, the, you know, NBA players, they've reached the top of their crafts, but they still have the same problems that, you know, people working the, in retail. The joy is what are you going to do, yeah. do with it? Mm -hmm. What yeah. do you do with that success? And yeah. that's where the joy comes in, especially when you can help others with it. Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I hate for people to cheat themselves out and miss that part of it. Exactly. And there, there's so much uh, to explore and open your eyes to. Um, will there be another book? Does it continue? Um, I've got a couple other ones. One, one of my books that I've been really thinking hard about is about... Um, you know, I coach Little League. I love Little mm -hmm. League. I got so into it and how Little League is so comparable to running a business uh, about the caring and about how, how you can set your Little League team up to win. Right. And it's about this consultant that comes and sees me that's struggling with this company that she has. She's not sure what to do with it. And she thinks that I'm going to hook him up as a sponsor of the Yankees. <laughs> and instead, I take it to this Little League field in Scarsdale. And I show her basically how I run my Little League team for the week. And it kind of completely refocuses how she's going to take this company and make it successful with the uh, rhymes and reasons of how I run a Little League team of 10-year-olds. Amazing. Well, uh, you have a lot yeah. of anecdotes. We look forward to hearing them. And congratulations on the book. It's Thank extraordinary. And thanks Appreciate for being your time. here, Brad. Thank you. If you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website, csweetbookclub.com, c hyphen sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.